we have to open up by talking about the Oscars. Uh, if you really want to. We have to. I just can't believe Will Smith slapped Chris Rock again. I know. And then Jimmy Kimmel tried to get involved. And then Michelle Yeoh was like, that's white privilege. Ran up. Michelle Yeoh slaps Jimmy Kimmel. And then they all get into a brawl that turns into an orgy. Yeah. That was crazy. And then they complicated everything everywhere. Best picture. <laughs> because she slapped Jimmy and Kimmel. And then they gave it finally to La La Land. 2016. They finally gave it picture to La La Land because people keep rewatching it. No one's rewatching Moonlight, you know. <laughs> and Damien Chazelle wasn't there because he wasn't expecting to win anything. Obviously, yeah. So. They like woke him up. They somehow had a camera in his room. They were they went straight to his room. He's asleep, like a face mask on. No, oh, no. Shit. Did you not see? He was like subtly jacking off. <laughs> <laughs> I just find it weird that when he realized he was being filmed, he started going even harder. Yeah, <laughs> he's just so happy to finally get an Oscar. Well, I don't know. Does he already have an Oscar? Maybe. I think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Just happy to finally get a Best Picture Oscar then. But yeah, the Oscars are crazy, guys. I didn't actually watch it. That's my first time in years not watching the Oscars, and I don't I feel Even regretful. This year was really good. Great but, nominees, yeah, yeah. Great. Uh, we were just saying, probably the best roster of films grown past in it. years. I don't, I don't. I don't look at it. Yeah, the same light I used to because it's just at the end of the day, it's the elite. Getting yeah, it's an award show. It's politically driven and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I do used to like to watch it's it. Fun. Yeah, I'll, I'll check out the highlights, especially since it's Jimmy Kimmel, who I really like. But I definitely don't see it in as high a regard, and I don't feel like I missed out by not watching it live last night. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I could have predicted pretty much every winner. You know, there was no like big surprises for sure. But anyhow, let's get into the real Oscar winners today, which is of course the King of Nice. Oh, sorry, an in, in, introduction. Welcome to Dylan Sebastian. Very cold open if this is someone's first podcast. <laughs> Welcome to Dylan Sebastian Have a Simpsons podcast, the podcast of myself and Sebastian here do to just show people how nice we are. Just I think we're pretty... Show what wholesome, wonderful people we are. Respectful people. We are, yeah. definitely. We're the nicest pod- Simpsons podcasters in England. I'm the kind of person that, like, your mum would love. Yeah, yeah. Not, not, not like uh, if you're a, a girl, but like... Mm. Like just anyone, even my mates. I, I think your mum would love me because I'd be so respectful. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Are, and, and, are, are and you pitching hear, to someone? They hear us chatting, and then she completely changed her like, opinion of me. <laughs> but like, if, if I'm, if your mum comes in the first kitchen impression is good. And we're there. Yeah, she's she's gonna love me. She's gonna love you, and then you start getting into like uh, white supremacy and stuff like that. And like, oh, this guy is not what I thought he was. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, today we are covering the King of Nice. The fourth episode of the 34th season. Let's just get into it, man. Yeah, man. So we open up. Krusty is begrudgingly in a limo on his way to entertain kids at Kelly Clarkson's birthday party. I thought this was going to lead to like a cringy cameo by Kelly Clarkson. She does not appear. So it just happened to be where he was going. Uh, his agent, Ron Rabinowitz, who we had not seen in a long time, informs him that he has to offer that he has to do this after investigating so many NFTs, non-funny TV shows. He also informs him that he's behind his cameos. He, he opens up his cameo, Krusty. He's telling a kid that his dad is really sad that he couldn't make it to his bar mitzvah. And, and it's a real Shonda. And he's like, all the best as well from dad's new wife, Shonda. He starts like laughing in pain. The, the phrasing there was weird. I, I don't know was it meant to be that the message was actually sent in and paid for by Shonda. Or that it was made by the dad. It's funnier if it was the mom, that it was the new wife. <coughs> that yeah. she's actually better than the, than the dad was. But the phrasing, I wasn't too sure. We then 
he, he he's entertaining the kids who are all like immediately indifferent to him they're like on their phones and giving him no attention they're like yeah we love you crusto and he frowns at a shrine of clarkson and all of her awards and he's just like scoffing at being like we, we all want to sing contest 20 years ago He's in like upset to see that she has an infinity toilet and Lizzie Nagel just like appears out out of the blue saying uh, you know that's not from American Idol money that's a syndicated talk show money and she shows him like houses nearby belonging to Wendy Williams and Dr. Phil (laughs) Dr. Phil's house is just like the shape of his face all houses that they made through talk show money and she says that he would he, he, he'd be perfect because the world could really use another Regis, another fumbling, confused old man. And she says that if he could get the ladies dancing, that that would really put him to the test as all talk show audiences love dancing. But he says that he won't sell out. And then he gets an alert for another cameo. Hey, Bryson, your mom wanted me to congratulate you on getting your braces tightened. Make up a rap about it. Ah, look, <laughs> fine, I'll dance. He swings a, back a bottle of beer and starts dancing to apple bottom jeans and gets all the ladies dancing. They all love it and Lindsay Nagel starts seeing dollar signs. And you probably had the same feeling when this episode started was, yes, Krusty episode. 100%, yeah, absolutely. Love me, Krusty. We don't see him... He's still a pretty well-used character. But he, he was definitely used a lot more, like... Yeah, back in the day. Maybe, like, seasons four to... 11, 12 or something. We definitely don't get him as frequently. So whenever I do get a bit of crusty, I'm like, ah, yes, love him. Yeah. 100%. Love that his voice for him as well. It's such a unique voice, you know. We then cut to the family uh, shop- shopping. They're shopping for dog food. And Marge is like looking at all the foods being like, I heard I heard grain-free was meant to be good. Or was it grain-full? Uh, Bart wants to get a gecko. Lisa wants to get a guinea pig. Homer wants to get both, put them into a cage and see what happens. Marriage is like checking her to-do list and I took a screenshot of it. It, it was uh, pet store, flea check dog, flea check Homer, grocery store, bulk grocery store, vegan grocery store for Lisa and bank. Kind of funny. They missed out on some potential for more gags there, I thought. But flea check dog and flea check Homer was funny. Uh, she then starts to spin out getting all stressed and the, a dog on the cover of the food starts to talk to her and is like, is this really how you expected your life to turn out? He starts licking his ass. It's like, yes, I like my behind. Big deal. And then they... I just realised it was the exact same voice as the pseudonymous guy from last week. It is, yeah. Yeah, it was the exact same, like, kind of... Same tone. Yeah, yeah, kind of like posh British accent. And a suited woman turns up and asks Marge if she'd like to participate in a survey group. And Marge says, like, just anything but this. And leaves Homer with the to-do list. He's immediately, like, frightened. <laughs> we didn't cut to the focus group. There's a sign outside saying, Focus Group Incorporated, where people with too much free time make decisions for everyone else. <laughs> 100% true. Uh, they, they, Lizzie Nagel asked them what they'd like to see on a talk show, and Helen just goes, Recipes! And it's like, okay, what kind of recipes? And Dr. Hibbert's wife goes, Air fryer recipes! And just puts it up on the board. Julio goes, Celebrities come on the show. It's like, well, yeah, obviously. Put it on the board. And Marge just goes, I was thinking Agnes cuts her off vacuums. Oh, just vacuums are her favorite thing. One of the biggest things about character, you know. Bart loves skateboarding. Lisa loves saxophone. Homer loves donuts. Like three more unique things. Yeah. Marge loves vacuuming. <laughs> I'm glad they haven't, like... They're very self-aware about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Mm, vacuums. <laughs> we didn't cut back to the pet store or release him. Like, like it's an episode... Sorry. sorry it's no, about, you're right, yeah. It's an episode about her being independent. 
hundred percent. Throw that in is so funny. Yeah, yeah, just throwing in that little kind of like cringy mom who has no character beyond just yeah. supporting her family. Right before we get like yeah, very strong independent marriage, which I love to see. We come back to the pet store briefly. Lisa and Mar- or sorry, Lisa and Barrett are having a fight, like like a sword fight with giant dog bones. Maggie is in, in a cage with a lizard. Transylla Helfer's office leaves, just running around the place. And Homer is scattered in a bunch of dog food, being like, uh, shiny coat? Or uh, liver support? Uh, why do they do this to us? I just love like, how much they cared about like finding the perfect dog food for Transylla Helfer. Yeah. Like, it was such an ordeal. We go back to the support group. Helen suggests hats. And Lindsay thinks they stretch her now being like, okay, but what about hats, Helen? And Marit says that maybe babies could try on different hats and it could be a baby hat fashion show with vacuums. <laughs> and uh, she asks Marit if she has any other ideas and she suggests uh, getting dogs to taste test different foods. Celebrity read nice tweets about other celebrities and tweens explain TikTok to Instagram moms. Nagel says that she's a natural and if she'd like to become a segment producer as she has an, an, an open forest and a guy who was with her at the meeting like with, deciding there with a laptop is like, you do? Excuse me a second. Jerry, you're fired. And he's like, oh, I'm free. He like, goes away backwards and like gospel music starts playing. She says she'll have to double check with her family and sees checks her phone and sees she has 108 unread messages and the messages were great just one from Homer which kid goes in the baby seat <laughs> Lisa do you think God is real Barris what's my blood type and Maggie learn to text uh, she, she then decides to take it and she's walking out and that Jerry guy comes up and warns her that no one walks out of a segment producer job unchanged and she's like oh good thing I'm not much of a changer and walks away I don't know why I've been lying a little cringy I'm not much of a changer. I'm like, all right, we get it. You're not going to change, but obviously you are. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Hey, I was Who fine. Who says that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Who the hell says that? Oh, I never change. Like, all right. <laughs> you do, though. We didn't cut to her being taken into the studios. So this is behind the scenes of a TV show. So much hustle. And puzzle. We see Krusty's being turned into... I mean, it's not explicitly stated, but clearly he's Ellen DeGeneres. Yeah, <laughs> I love the little hairstyle and everything. It's great, and he's like lost weight all of a sudden. Also, it was cool. It was cool. He looked cool. Yeah, yeah, it was a good, it was a good style. And yeah, his hair's been all made up to look kind of like you know cool and like the fringe and everything. And then he's asked to choose between two matching pair of shoes, and he's like really indecisive. Picks one in the end. I had to go back to make sure they were the exact same pair of shoes. There was nothing different about I them. Think so. Yeah, no, no, they were the exact same, which I loved. Uh, she then shows marriage to her office which has a, a little board where she'll put pins up for all of her segment ideas, reminding her that how important it is for talk shows to have really fun segments. And it's like, oh, a talk show without a fun segment is like, uh, and turns to an intern being like, uh, make up the next part for me. And he can't think of anything. Go get me a baked potato so I can throw it at your face. <laughs> and another intern gives marriage a menu to order lunch and says she doesn't need it as the kids made her something. She then opens a bag of lunch and it just has like a gone off apple, cookie dough and canned beef. And she then takes an order obviously and asks if she can order him something. And he's like, oh, interns don't get lunch. It's just a pleasure for us to get something for you guys. She then gets her a salad and she, 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 there's loads of sauces around it. She's like, mm, I wish I ordered some salad to go with my salad toppings. She just laughs out loud at that and writes it down as a segment idea. Just celebrity salad hacks. But you know what? It's <laughs> so true. Oh, yeah, 100%. This, these fucking salad toppings are getting ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, it's like, there's no way like, salads are healthy anymore. Yeah, because you just <laughs> load it with fucking cheese, 
croutons. Mm-hmm. Croutons being quite literally fried bread. Oh, I already I didn't even know much. that. Wow. Um, I don't think croutons are nice either. I like them. Really? I'm not a fan, I have to say. But I mean, yeah, salad people love it. And then mayo, salad cream, like... Literally. Stuff. I'm like, well, it's not healthy anymore. No, it, it's almost like people seem to think that once they're having the salad, that what you put on top of it is like... It doesn't count. Yeah. It's like there's zero calories. Put a bit of cheese, a bit of salt, a bit of pepper, a bit of ketchup. Like, yeah, if you want to, like, destroy it. If you want to lose weight, just be in a calorie deficit. You don't have to eat salad to lose weight. Do you know exactly. What I mean? like, yeah. If you want to be more healthy than eat salad. Yeah. Yeah. And also, personally you for can me, eat a fucking tub of Ben and Jerry's. But if you're you're in a calorie deficit, you're consuming less. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I mean, it does. That seems like like what big big fitness instructors say is like you can actually have a pizza for dinner if you yeah. wanted, just as long as you're not consuming as much calories. Well, we were talking about Christian Bale the other day mm. um, when he gained weight from the machinist to oh yeah, I don't know if Batman. I was to you about that? I know but, that, that you weren't talking to me about this oh, for okay. sure, but... but he was eating crap. Like because he needs to put all that weight back, back on, yeah. obviously, yeah. Like just, just disgusting fast food. Yeah, it's and insane. Everything. Yeah, yeah, so. it's insane if you watch it. Like, yeah, because you see him in the machinist, and he's like frighteningly skinny. I think he only ate like a piece of fish and an apple a day or something yeah. for, for that. And then you see him in Batman, and he looks great. Like I think those films were made only like a couple of months apart. So I guess he insane. ate a piece of fish and an apple because that's like probably just about enough to keep him healthy keep you healthy and alive but still like losing yeah. an exponential amount of weight yeah the only thing happened to Tom Hanks as well in the castaway so he did castaway where obviously he had to lose a load of weight for that and then like really quickly after I think only a few weeks apart he was jumping into Catch Me If You Can so he obviously had to put oh, the weight okay. back on he gave himself um, type 2 diabetes Jeez. he still has it the hell? I know, isn't that crazy? Because he just had to put on method to the max. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He had to put on so much more weight to get that to to, to be able to play that play that part accurately, like you know, to play a head of a police yeah. operation. Just gave himself freaking diabetes. I, I find it admirable, you know, that that level of work. Like it's insane, but admirable. I think Christian Bale also gave himself diabetes. Really? Don't hold me to that. For American Hustle. Oh, okay. If I, I, I'm not certain about that fact, but I, he gave himself something that you get from putting a lot of, a lot of weight. Yeah, he had some sort of leg trouble as well. Okay. Really crazy. Jesus. But, but yeah, back to the salad. Um, she's immediately entertained by like closing the container again to shake it so the sauce is all mixed up nicely. Yeah. She thinks it's so great. <laughs> we didn't cut to Krusty. He's annoyed that they've written no jokes for him. Lizzie Nagel's like, oh, moms don't care about jokes. They're... They're just uh, glad to be out of the house. All they want to do is dance to Radiohead as a pitbull, get a signed book by a real housewife and go home. And says that all that he has to do is be nice. And an intern arrives with the baked potato. She takes it and he looks across the sea and she's like, did you just look him directly in the eye and throws a potato at him? <laughs> we should cut to the talk show. It's MC Hamill is introducing it. It's, you know, Sideshow Mel dresses MC Hammer. Ladies and gay friends, I'm MC Hairbone, the funkiest daytime DJ in the world. Get on your feet for your newest non-threatening as king of late morning or early afternoon, depending on your local market and time zone. Krusty! <laughs> Krusty like progressively dances out to Apple Bottom Jeans. That song must have been really expensive to yeah. buy the rights to because it keeps coming back in the episodes. In, in the episode, mm-hmm. obviously it's a really cringy song, but it's it's utilized pretty well in yeah, the episode. Definitely. I thought like it, it it's done accurately. 
<laughs> like it is the type of song that a talk show host like this would dance out to to get the ladies off their seats. Uh, he then sits down and you know he's really like begrudging about this whole thing. He sees his laces are untied and he goes, "I already have a wardrobe malfunction." And the women all lose that they're in hysterics. And then immediately he's like, he's like really happy. And one of the ladies is like, "That's a joke. We understand." And he starts seeing like dollar signs around all all the women. We then cut to the baby hat parade, which is obviously Marge's idea. And the baby comes out with a cowboy hat. And Krusty's like, this baby looks like he's saying, I'm going to wrangle me up and nap. <laughs> Marge is like thrilled that her first segment is going so well. And one of the, or Marge is like, I can't believe we get paid for this. And one of the interns is like, we don't. Yes, I love it's such shots fired at Ellen DeGeneres. Isn't it? 100%. I mean, this is clearly the whole episode is... Like it's not it's not too obvious they did it in a way that it's its own story, but it's obviously a reference to I guess it was twenty twenty maybe twenty twenty one when it came out that like there was all of this toxic work environment coming out on the Ellen show and uh, that she had no idea about it and everything which obviously comes up later and yeah clearly a reference to that because she did I mean have a twenty year run of just clearly making herself out to be the nicest person in Hollywood this, this lovely yeah. bumbling energy of joy and look I don't thinks he's completely in the wrong there's no way anybody can be that kind of lovely nice person all the time there's obviously more layers to that's, everyone that's just, that's just american media isn't it it's, it's of course so, like fake like that it's yeah totally i mean james gordon's a good example you watch oh, him on course, his show yeah. and he's and a british guy so. i know yeah, yeah an american talk show you watch him on that and he's he looks like the nicest guy ever and you hear all these stories about him you know shouting at waiters and being rude to he definitely seems like the kind of guy that would yeah, no, it's not surprising. You can tell that he's like a bit of a snob. Some of them you can sort of tell. Jimmy Kimmel, I don't. I think he would be nice. I think know. so too, but he's not. You watch his talk show; he's not being he's explicitly. Not super, yeah. yeah, like he 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 does some riskier jokes and stuff like that. It's funny. Who's, he's ha- he, who's the other guy? Jimmy Fallon. Jimmy Fallon seems like he'd be a dick. Actually, yeah. I've I've obviously not the people I know. I've only heard good things about him. Okay. Even uh, Sam Merrill and Mary Norman, who I'm always praising on this podcast. They both done stand up on that show, and they said like from their experience, he's one of the few like right, talk show hosts who has a really nice personality. He was actually just a genuinely nice guy in real life. The one thing about him that's interesting though is because everyone has to have a little dark side. Apparently, he's an alcoholic. Right. So it's like you know he'll go out because he's doing like five shows a week. He's going out doing his show, being his nice guy persona, and apparently he's really nice to his staff and so then hits the bars, mm. you know. So you know everyone has their outlet. So it's I think you know it's better to have that he has that outlet. Yeah. He's versus not, he's not. Um, putting it on other people. Yeah, exactly. You, know, I, I, I always, I do think he's a little fake on his on his talk show. Like the the the, the whole, hey, everybody, how we doing? Oh, I love you. You you great. Is a bit too much. But whenever I see Jimmy Fallon on something that's not his talk show, I really like him. Right. Okay. I was listening to him on Mike Birbiglia's podcast recently, working out, which is a great podcast, and he's like. He's a bit more relaxed, you know. He's not he's not performing as much, and I like him more that way. That's good. Yeah. yeah, he's he's more entertaining that way. Actually, he's like telling stories about Tom Cruise and like what what a strange guy he has to hang out with in real life and stuff. It's like it's like stories you know he would never tell on the Tonight Show. Yeah. You know, but yeah, he's he's the only exception who who does seem to be like genuinely a nice guy in real life. But yeah, you hear stories about Ellen Generous and James Corden, and it's like okay, <laughs> this is a bit of a persona. But yeah, basically that, that's obviously what this is a reference to, and. Yeah, I also just love the reference to the, the interns not being paid and stuff, how much they brought that back. We cut to Bart and Lisa watching the show. This is one of my favorite scenes of the whole episode. They're watching the show and Lisa's like surprised that Bart's handling this so well that he's not like trying to hash a scheme to get him to change back to the old Krusty. And Bart says he doesn't care because he can watch all 700 plus episodes in Krusty Plus. 
<laughs> we see that he has like a Disney Plus type website, all the crusty episodes on it, and it's like, hmm, kind of makes you think. Once you have enough episodes of any classic show, why do you need to keep making more? Well, the reason is, ca- shh, watching classic crusty. Just a good little reference to yeah, clearly, exactly. Clearly, they're talking about themselves. Though. Yeah, it's a fair point. Yeah. I hear it because it, if if the Simpsons stopped today, like theoretically, I would be fine. It's, it's like I would run out of content to watch, but I do just take joy and and like peace and comfort in knowing that they're still making the show and the writers yeah. still going in every day making but it. This you know, is the thing I, if people complain so much about a new episode, mm. you have the choice. Of you course, have the choice you do. to not watch them, and you have the choice to watch the old ones. So. Yeah, that's a really good thing, actually. That's a, that's a really good point that I've never really made before. But that that, that 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 that's a really good. The people who are like offended that you're still making the show. It's like, why don't you just ignore it? If if, if you really think it's so bad, even if you don't have enough of a frame reference to it, just ignore it. Don't watch it. Stick to your yeah, one to ten. They want to find something to complain about. Give their life a purpose. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm happy you're in the pool of watching. This yeah, endless stream of Simpsons content, but, yeah, but if, also revisiting the old ones like we do. All the time, yeah. It's says that's it's coming exactly. up. Coming up next. <laughs> but, uh, <Ad> yeah. <laughs> what was that? Ad break. <laughs> Ad break, I wish. <laughs> What's the, uh, what is it? Um, something Greens. That loads of podcasters. Something Greens? Yeah, it's, it's these, like, these supplements, these, like, healthy... Man, I listen to so many podcasts. Pro, I, I, it's like Pro Greens or something. Right, I haven't it's heard that one before. Always on Joe Rogan. Always on Joe Rogan. Oh, really? Yeah. That's probably a bigger company than a, that. That's paying the really, yeah, yeah. really big podcasts like like a hundred million streams a week. I haven't heard that one. Obviously, the classes are like Squarespace, uh, Headspace, <laughs> Mental Bradley. Health one. Yes, uh, the Amazon thing, Audible, <laughs> the classics. And if any of them wants to sponsor us, hit me up. Yeah, I'm gonna just do a quick ad break now. Yeah. Do you live in London or the local area? Mm-hmm. Are you interested in comedy, in particular Ooh. stand-up comedy? Well, look out for one of the brightest sparks in upcoming comedy talent in the London comedy pool. He's not going to say That me. is Dylan Harris. Oh, never mind. <laughs> I'm, I'm being supportive. <laughs> Thanks. I thought you were going to be like Dave Lynch or something. <laughs> look out for him via the Gig Gag app, or you can find him on Instagram via Dylan's Creations. And he performs at least twice a week in London. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you can hit up that's our ad and break. see my gigs on the Instagram. Ad break was me, which would mean that I paid myself or you yeah. to do that ad break. But yeah, please check him out, guys. He's so funny. He's definitely my cup of tea. So Lindsay Nagel congratulates Marit on a great segment and says, you know, obviously us women have to stick together, but I also want you to have a constant confusion about where you stand with me and to always have a sense of unease about my presence. Great line, every manager ever. Yeah, yeah. I, I want you to feel supported, but also don't get cl- too close to me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, on the money. Shin asks, tall plaid, not plaid. I love that. Like, hey, plaid, come over here, little guy. Like, no, 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 tall plaid. Tall guy wearing a plaid shirt. Asked him to get some dinner menus. And then cut to a montage of a crusty killing on the show. <laughs> we see that he has, he's like cooking something and the frying pan catches on fire and the lady are in. Are all in, the ladies are all in stitches over it and we see that he has a truck full of cars uh, like, like a, a tow truck full of cars he's obviously bought all this he's making so much money from the show we cut to marriage looking over segments on the wall I, I had to take a picture of that as well just to see all the segment ideas she wrote down she wrote hunky plant daddies edible Christmas decorations crusty pranks weird guy in accounting, ac- accounting celebrity obstacle course celebrity composting tips babies do a thing which is my favourite one. PDA meeting, drinking games, and candle unboxing again. 
We then see Kersley's appearing on multiple magazines. He's crowned as the King of Nice on The Hollywood Reporter. Uh, GQ had an issue about him called The Nice Issue. Time magazine called him, yep, I'm nice. And Variety just announces news that Krusty Inc.'s historic 10,000 episode deal. We then cut to Marge arriving late for dinner with Homer at a restaurant. And Homer says that if the bill looks high, it's because he already ate a full meal. We then cut to they're having a meal together. Marge is talking about how her dog saving screwed up because Rachel broke the popcorn machine. And Homer's like, this is Rachel from accounting. And he's like, no, no, Rachel from accounting is blonde. And grabs her phone. Same idea. Krusty was blonde. Did Homer tells one of my favorites, does a story about his crazy day. You know, my day was pretty crazy too. Lenny came in this morning with a ladybug on his shirt, and we were seeing how long before he noticed it. <laughs> Lenny made it all the way to lunch, and then the little guy just fell off on its own. <laughs> we called him Ladybug Lenny for the rest of the day. <laughs> eh, ladybugs. Then Marge has to leave because the skater grandma, they found out the skater grandma they're having on the show tomorrow has a history of racist tweets. And she goes to leave and Homer's like, uh, I forgot my wallet. And she rolls her eyes and cuts her in, in her office and just puts up a second idea, date night fails on the wall. And then Zanigan looks at like all of her ideas and just like takes them all down saying that one is too edgy, one is not edgy enough, too timely, not timely enough, way too timely, <laughs> too Corden and too Fallon. And it finds one that is like a letter that the kids wrote for her. It just says, we love you, mom. And she's like, I don't even get this one and takes it away. And come back to her at the house having dinner. She apologizes to the family for being so stressed lately. And Lisa says, it's great to have her back for office cards. And she's like, what? And obviously, this is all a dream. All their faces turn into office cards. And the Homer office card eats a bowl full of uh, pushpins. It is like a creepy, really well-animated dream se sequence of uh, all the office cars, like, with legs running after her. She runs into, like, a, a bunch of, like, giant dancing crusties and falls into a salad container that gets shot and Lizzie Nagel, like, shakes it. And she, she like, wakes up just covered in sharpies. <laughs> we then cut back to the writer's room. They're all stressed out. They're computers. Someone's eating their own hair. Someone gets frightened by their own shadow. And Marge, she's, we see she's way more reluctant about the ideas now. All of our ideas are just one says cars, one says texting, with a question mark, and one just says gas, $20. And Lizzie Dale comes in being like, Chris, wants to talk to you all. And someone's like, walk with the show and start for another 12 and a half minutes. He thanks all of them for their hard work, saying that he never knew hosting a TV show would require such little effort on his part. And goes back to his tanning bed. And Lizzie Nagel is like, go back to work. I need second ideas for menopause, chapstick, and wine cereal, whatever that is. Which could easily be a thing in a few years' time. I'd try it. Would you? Okay, okay. Would you put milk in it, though? No. <laughs> That's the real question. No, 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 no. No, I guess it's just cereal with wine? I don't know what that actually is. No. Cereal with wine, but the cereal has some sort of alcohol in it. I guess. I don't know. Make it and we'll sponsor it. <laughs> I don't we'll, know. We'll sponsor it. I don't know who I'm shouting. Yeah, why not? I'll, I'll sponsor a beverage. Want something to sponsor us? Alcoholic. Oh, yeah, never mind. Yeah. I, I, we, sponsor us, we'll talk about in the podcast, <laughs> is what I meant. I'm not going to pay you. <laughs> we didn't cut to Krusty introducing the junior pop and lock group. And he's like high fiving all of them. And the intern says that segment was great. Marge loses at him being like, it was fine, but where was the gif? Tell me, where was the gif? It's like, uh, where the little kids breakdanced? Then Marge gives a message saying that she's wanted home. 
Great scene. They're staging an intervention for her. You know, Homer's like, marriage is your interbe- intervention. You hear the toilet flush. Mo comes out and he's like, Ah, oh, Homer, you said it. I had time. I missed a big reveal. I'm going to leave and come back again. Act surprise, Marge. And he's like, oh, you know what? Forget it. Uh, who's this for? <laughs> it's a ridiculous line. And Homer's like, Marge, I never thought I'd speak ill at TV, but it's ruined you. And Marge just goes, cut a commercial. And, you know. It does. It does oh. cut the commercial. Yeah, I, I, I always like those little gags, even if it's going to be watched on Disney Plus now way more than it's actually going to be seen on TV. Yeah. It's little fun gags. So obviously this is the end of our first act. Cut back in. There's suddenly in the intervention. He says they're so worried that they even brought her best friend, Luann. Marge is like, best friend? <laughs> Luann's like, we haven't had the discussion yet, but it's unspoken. <laughs> she apologizes. Love just her lashing out here and being like, you know, strong, independent marriage. She doesn't give a shit about the family. Always love this side of her. She apologizes saying that she's sorry that they're intimidated by a strong, independent woman and tells Lisa she should be ashamed as a feminist for even staging an intervention like this. But Lisa points out that they've done a segment called Sex Your Way Out of Work and a daily one called Trends in Cleavage. The moment just cuts in being like, when's the show on again? <laughs> Magic then gets told to put the TV on and we did the TMI report, obviously a parody of TMZ. I heard they made all the interns convert to Judaism and work on Christmas, then convert back and work on Passover. <gasps> and then Marisley like, storms off and Mo's like, uh, oh, what else can we work on? Uh, well, hold on, how's the drinking? <laughs> the same. We then cut to uh, Krusty comes into the staff room and he's confused, saying that for once in his life he's not the cause of a hostile work environment. And Lizzie Nagel's like, yeah, I don't know who said this, but when I find out, I'm going to personally bully them until their hair falls out in clumps. Krusty <laughs> <laughs> says that he needs a redemption episode and requests a half-ass apology where he doesn't take the blame. And uh, Lizzie Nagel says it's part of their... N- new software update it just clicks into her ipad it's a microsoft empty gesture and that's always the case these apologies it's always like i mean if you watch ellen jennifer's apology for that whole thing it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's an exact example of just like i'm so devastated this was happening but i had nothing to do with it. i didn't know yeah, what was going on yeah, yeah. yeah you know what i mean it's like maybe she's telling the truth to an example it's like you still need to take the blame when it's your name on the show mm-hmm. you know what i mean like like it's your fault that you didn't know what was going on yeah you know what i mean yeah. definitely and then Lizzie Nagel says the team will have no problem uh, pulling an all-nighter for the perfect episode we didn't come back to the support group I thought they came back here I, I didn't expect it back to the support group it's, it's all of them still like in the circle it's like Patty and Zelma as well and Luann obviously and Homer's like hmm what else can we talk about uh, Bear you must have been addicted to something by now and is like none of your business huh, fair enough we didn't cut to the uh, the apology episode and Krusty is like dancing out slowly to like a dramatic rendition of Apple Bottom Jeans. <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's like it's the same song, it's like but slow, slow down. Yeah, it's still Flo Rida, who is Spatch's favorite artist, obviously. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> do you know how long it took me to realize that it's Florida? Years and years and years. I didn't even clock that. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Flo Rida, Florida, wow, where he's from, genius. which just makes too much sense. He's from Florida. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He says that though he had no idea what was going on, uh, the book stops here. And we cut to uh, backstage, an intern hands a marriage a plate of salad. <laughs> Their obsession with the container. Uh, a plate of salad. And she's absolutely outraged that he put it into a plate. And it's like, how am I meant to do the shaky thing if it's not in the original container? And she throws 
to plate at him and he falls to the floor he's horrified at herself and then Jerry from earlier comes out and like gives her an evil smile because clearly she has changed she, yeah. she is a changer uh, Krusty says that he had no idea of the workplace politics such as the staff members were were ordered to if they see him driving that they had to lower their imaginary sunglasses as if impressed and then Marge runs out saying that the pressure of having to constantly be nice has turned her into a monster and Krusty takes a phone call while Marge is doing this outburst and he, she, he comes back out and says it was all his fault he's a showbiz monster and is retiring for daytime TV forever and then Marge runs after him I thought Chris was being a good person here, but I was fooled. Obviously, he yeah. wasn't. <laughs> Runs after him and is like, you didn't have to do this. And he says that he was just offered a gig that makes daytime TV money look like late night TV money. We see that he gets offered it. A TV judge saying that Judge Judy is the richest person in TV, which from what I have heard from the money she makes, that is actually probably true. The last deal she got offered with, uh, I'm not sure what studio owns or it might be NBC. It was like $150 million to do the show for like another seven years something like that so yeah she makes good money just to sit there and be sassy <laughs> you know what a gig like and Mary's like I'm free and she throws her headset in the bin and one of the interns is like oh come on why'd you have to do that and he picks it out of the bin like, I'm sorry Pat I'm so sorry we cut to the family watching Judge Krusty <laughs> great little one-liner he's just like oh come on don't sneeze on my robe and tell me I'm in a car wash. Did you fall out of the stupid tree and land in the idiot mulch? His grips could use some work. <laughs> mulch. Lisa asks Marge if she'll miss working on daytime TV, and she says that she will. She actually found it very rewarding for a while, but now she gets to focus on her family. And she gets a phone call, and it's Drew Barrymore telling her that she has no A block. And uh, uh, Marge suggests a spa day for the elderly man raising pond ducks and then extreme makeover for the ducks and Drew Barrymore's like I love it are you sure we are you sure you won't come to work for me and she says she's too focused on being a mom and she sees that Homer has broken the TV like she looked away for 30 seconds look, looks back Homer's broken the TV and he's crying and the kids are fighting on top of a broken plant cuts back to Drew Barrymore we'll stay in touch what do you think of Drew Barrymore's little cameo Fine. It was fine. When yeah, I first saw her, I was like, that's kind of cringe. But it was a, it was a fine little bit. It yeah. was fine. I like her. Have you Nothing seen anything special? No, but... no. But it was it was fine, yeah. Have you seen any of her talk show? No. I like her from... I haven't seen much of it. But when I've seen, she's actually like... Like I said, when you watch Ellen and Jimmy Fallon, you can tell they're kind of forced in the, yeah, the nicest. Yeah. She just seems to be a genuinely nice person. She's naturally just okay. a good spirit, you know? Because you also know she had some tough times. Like, she was a drug addict and stuff in her, in her late teens because, you know, every child star has to have that phase. And she came out of that. You can tell she's just someone who's really worked on herself. And yeah. her show was just good vibes, yeah. We didn't... The final little tag of the episode is just Lindsay Nagel introducing a, a wellness center called Segments, a place for healing. And uh, she's saying that they believe that life after daytime TV is possible. And they're providing self-care to shake up the stress of dealing with TV hosts, treating the post-talk show disorders such as compulsive fake laughter, guest cancellation nightmares. And a doctor cuts her off asking who she's talking to. And she's like, the audience, I'm introducing the show. And he's like, why don't we put you in this uh, Who Wore Best segment? Put you in this for the Who Wore Best segment. And he puts her in a stray jacket and takes her away. She's like laughing maniacally. Nice little conclusion. Probably the best 
usage of Lizzie Nagel I've ever seen actually yeah because we've always known that she was like you know a crooked businesswoman who's only doing things for the sake of money and cares about nobody else I feel like this is the best use of her just seeing her in action being a horrible person that is just self-driven to you know be as successful as possible yeah as far as I, I can remember this is the best yeah. uses they've had of her for sure okay. yeah I, I, I dug it and yeah that concludes the episode yeah yeah um, after you Michelle. sure you know what I speak when I rate these episodes. I speak mm. very objectively, usually. Sure. Um, what do you mean objectively? I speak in terms of like comparing the whole show or something. Uh, as in, like I'll look at it from an outside perspective on like well, conventionally, okay. this was good. This was good. Yeah. Rather than, it does depend. I also throw in obviously my own personal feelings towards the episode, mm-hmm. but the rating comes from of an objective point of view, right? Yeah. This episode. I don't think will be remembered or talked about as a special episode or an amazing episode. Mm-hmm. Personally, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, me too. Yeah. And I really enjoyed it because it was such a good take on show business. Yeah. And it's not the first time they've done it, but no. the way they 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 went at it um, in this episode was just really unique and showed a different side to it. And mm. throwing Marge in it, who's always such an innocent character, that she it could even make her a monster. Yeah, yeah. Speaks volumes to what how dangerous it is. Mm. Um, wasn't so joke heavy, but that's not a problem. Yeah. Um, that it it was quite a serious episode, if anything. Mm. Um, and I really enjoyed it, and I loved Krusty in this episode. Oh yeah, because he's gone from like a wacky presenter to quite a you know well regarded yeah beloved talk yeah, show host um, which is quite quite interesting and obviously his audience changes from little kids to moms yeah. basically yeah um so you know I, I really enjoyed it and i would give it an eight out of ten yeah out of ten wow yeah. this is the second week in a row that you've and given that's not objective that's personal because yeah. i just think it handled it so well yeah i i, I think personal is the best way the <laughs> yeah, best way to course, rate yeah. and review things uh, this is the second week in a row you've given a higher rating than me. What is happening? Yeah, yeah, what the hell? <laughs> I gave it a 7.5. I, same reasons as you. I, I, I did love it. I mean, you know, 7.5 rounds off to an 8 if we're going to be specific about it. I, I, I really enjoyed it as well. I, I said I loved the, the stronger, more aggressive side we see of marriage in this episode. Seeing how her completely... Seeing her completely doing something out of her own interest and not considering the family in this pursuit. The writers are dealing are clearly like having a, a great time building her character and expanding on her character and I'm all here for it you know I, I can definitely see that they're having more fun with like taking her into areas they haven't taken her in before and having her do things where it's not her and Homer or her and Lisa you know I, yeah. cause I feel like she's the per- character who gets fallen into that trap the most they're giving her more episodes now where it's literally marriage's story on her own mm-hmm. where the family aren't involved like obviously they all appeared in this but Homer Bart and Lisa are not important in this episode which I love to see, and I, yeah, I thought they, 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 they utilized that really well. I said I love the parody of talk shows. I said, well, I would love to have seen a bit more of Krusty as an Ellen parody. What we had was absolutely hilarious. But I mean, like, we got a good bit, but I feel like there could have been a bit more. Like, maybe, maybe you could have split it. It was clearly more of a marriage episode. Maybe you could have split it. It was like fifty percent marriage, fifty percent Krusty. But that's just like a small little critique. Yeah. Really enjoyed the episode. Same as you. The talk show stuff was brilliant. It was a unique commentary. They've done it before, but I feel like this one was the most disdain they ever did it. Even though it was funny and the way they went about it was humorous, it still felt like they were saying 
this isn't good enough, you know? Like, the way you're treating interns, the way you're pretending to be this person, but behind the scenes you're actually a monster. It, it did feel like, in, in a Jokey Simpsons way, they were saying, this needs to be better. Yeah. You know, which yeah. I, I love the way they went about it. You know, one thing I, I realized as well, probably more so in this episode than any other, but definitely in episodes we, we reviewed recently of their marriage episodes, you definitely see that she's like, she's enjoying being more independent, but because she's been so codependent for so long, it's almost like she can't handle it. Mm-hmm. Like like when she lashed, lashed out the family, being like, I'm, you just can't handle a strong, independent woman. Like you don't, re- you never see that happening in episodes where Bart, Lisa, or Homer are being independent about something. It's almost like she can't handle being the main character. You know, it's, yeah. it seems to be the way they're going about it. I think it's really clever. Yeah, just a really wonderful, nice episode. Going on to the news. Pre-recorded from London City, it's a very bad impression of Kent Brockman letting you know it's time for Simpsons News. So actually a good couple of pieces of news this week, we have three. So an upcoming episode, so two are just about upcoming episodes. An upcoming episode entitled Bartless will explore the world of Springfield if Bart was, was never born. Nice. Which could be cool. Yeah, it sounds like yeah. like almost like a Twilight Zone episode or something. Cool. Like like a what if, yeah. Really cool. Another episode entitled Pin Gal will see the character of Jacques returning to coach Marge for a bowling tor- tournament. So Jacques was the character in season one who Marge like nearly has an affair with. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, that. yeah. So this character's coming back for the first time yeah. in 33 years. Yeah, same actor coming back to voice him as well, Albert Brooks. So yeah, I'm really excited for that. See what, what they do with this character. And the final piece of news is a, 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 it's a funnier little thing. A Twitch stream entitled uh, Unlimited Steam sees an AI recreating the Stephen Ham scene for eternity. So if anyone wants to check that out, it's uh, oh, quite a sight to behold. Okay. Yeah, I said this is a bastion. I didn't understand it at first. Yeah, yeah. I said this is a bastion. He was like, what the hell is this? Basically, it's, it's an... AI trying to recreate the scene forever but since it's an AI it's like not quite getting it right I mean anytime I clicked into it it's literally just in the middle of his roast being ruined and it's like it's trying to get out of that bit but I presume it gets to like Chalmers and the Seam Hams bit eventually and then repeats itself but yeah it's going on forever basically it's, it's a creepy AI thing but it's, it's simply a, a sight to behold and just a nice little expansion to the never ending meme that I have no issues with him just getting his weird and yeah. Fair as possible. I mean, that is very far out. Weird. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like with memes, I get sick of them after a while. I have never gotten sick of seeing Ham, Ham's meme. As weird as it gets, I'm all here for it. Hey, I'm still like, I'm still not sick of Grumpy Cat. Really? Yeah. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> He's so grumpy. I'm still not sick of the, the cat's the, dead. The Velociraptor questioning something. You know. <laughs> <laughs> He's and, always and, sent uh, those gifts to me. And um, uh, well, the the baby. The baby making like oh, the God. really face. Yeah. <laughs> All those classic ones. The overly compulsive girlfriend. Yeah, the Lord of the Rings. <laughs> oh, Aragorn. One does not simply. <laughs> one does not simply review a Simpsons episode. <laughs> <laughs> that has to go with the post. Oh my God, that I'll do to, it. You could make that easily. Just go on a course. maker and just, yeah. <laughs> one is not simply edited. Cut that bit out because it has to be a surprise. I'm just <laughs> telling them what the post is going to be when it goes up. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta do it. I don't care. I'll, I'll, I'm, I'm doing it. Maybe you, your face can go in replacement of Aragorn's. Yeah, that'd be sick. <laughs> that'd be really funny. Yeah. All right. Anyhow, moving on to Seb's classics. I mean, 
mean, this week I went for a different approach. Yeah, this was fun. And I asked Dylan to tell me the episode for me to review. I got to put the episodes of, I guess technically it's Dylan's classics. This week. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, that was fun. Thank you for the, the honour. And yeah, he limited me to season 15. <laughs> he limited me to season 15. Uh, so I ended up going for the finale, the brilliant season finale, season 14. More baby blues and brilliant it is. Wow, yeah, what an episode! I mean, this was one of my favorite episodes. I think really. Yeah, this was so good. This is when we're going into seasons that people are probably ignoring, and this is yeah. one of those episodes where I would say it's a hundred percent worth your time. I mean, if you are one of those people that don't like stupid Homer that doesn't care about his family, yeah, you won't like this. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> because he completely disregards. <laughs> his family the whole episode yeah. he forgets that Maggie's his baby for three quarters of yeah there's remember he's they're, they're looking at Maggie in the crib and Homer's like oh makes me think we should have kids of our own someday <laughs> he, he completely bought at the dinner table oh, yeah. <laughs> like oh no I'm I, yeah maybe you can start being a father figure for me he's like oh no I'm not getting on that train wreck <laughs> but um, so this they... episode is about Mo basically falling in love with Maggie not like that no, um, you, you but, say more neglect than Homer. If you're not interested in that, fair enough. If you're interested in more compassionate Mo, yeah, this is definitely an episode for and, you. Yeah, and yeah. we see. I mean, Mo is literally about to kill himself in this episode yeah. until Maggie gets catapulted out the car because Homer doesn't care about his family <laughs> and <laughs> catches Maggie, and then she has this attachment to him, and it turns out he's actually really good with babies. Yeah, um, so sweet. Uh, but, but still, like his flawed Mo way, like the, yeah. ca- the character doesn't change, but she just likes and Mo for who he, he is. Becomes overly protective and obsessive over Maggie. Yeah, um, and Maggie gets taken by the mafia, uh-huh. and they think it's Mo because he's obsessed with Maggie. Yeah, um, and it's a it's a it's a great great episode. It and is. It really is. It's one, one of my them, favorite Mo episodes. Gag heavy episodes totally this could be my favorite more episode wow yeah it's one of the uh, best ex- explorations I of this character maybe one of the earlier ones might change that sure but there aren't as many though no there really isn't he, he, he's he's given more to do in the later seasons you know but the, yeah this was fantastic do you have anything to say about the episode and yeah, it's the same as you. I love this. Yeah, there's a great exploration of his character. Like I said, the way he develops his relationship with Maggie is so sweet. Love the little mafia bits as always. Uh, the bit where he's telling the story of the Godfather is something I've only appreciated more in recent years because you know I, I I'd obviously would have seen this episode before I'd seen the Godfather. That bit's so funny where he has like all the dolls set up and he's he's t- telling at first he's like telling like an innocent version of the story. And she's not very entertained, so he just goes for the actual version. She's like, wait, then this person dies, and this person dies, and Michael is a new godfather, and then he shuts the door in Annie Hall, which is a reference I only got watching it this time that I thought was and great. They make a lot of jokes about the uh, the orange scene at the end. Yeah, uh, <laughs> going through the woods. With spo- the spoilers if like, we need to say this, but where um, Don Corleone dies. Yeah, if you don't know that somehow, <laughs> well, how can you be watching a podcast about. A TV show, you know what I mean? Yeah, literally, like if you don't, <laughs> and not knowing yeah. what happens, one of the most iconic movies of all time. Yeah, but yeah, uh, as well, where like where Maggie sees the the mafia outside, they're literally just hanging out outside, like the... their house. Yeah, outside and the then, like the house. bit leading to the garden is like, what a great spot to have your little meeting. <laughs> yeah, I was in a family house, and they're like talking about having to go kill Louis's mother. And he's like, no, not my mother. She makes the best pasta. And Legs is like, well, it, it's all canned. It's like, she's dead. 
as you were saying the other week, you can tell the Simpsons writers love them old school mobster films. Hundred percent, it just shows it again here. Like they, yeah. Like at this point, we're fourteen seasons in. They still find amazing gags to make about the mafia because there's so yeah. much you can do with that if you know that world well enough. You can tell that they do. Yeah, you know. Yeah. I mean, more so than I would, to be honest. But I still appreciate the humor. Um, this is easily a nine out of ten for me. Yeah, I would absolutely. I, I I'd be the exact same nine out of ten. Yeah. yeah. Up there is one of my favorite Mo episodes. I love the bit to the and and one of my favorite Maggie episodes actually. A little bit to the beginning, where he's like all sad. Everyone's like on this this florist festival without him. He's like alone in the bar. And he's like nine a.m. My bar's empty. That's rare. <laughs> and he sees them on the news, and they they all like have a cooler like Lenny, Carol, and Homer and Bernie. They all have like a, a cooler full of beer. He's like I've been replaced by a cooler. <laughs> Who would blame them? And he goes to the festival, and she was like, "Okay, guys, we're over capacity. We have to get rid of somebody. A- a- any um, any people want to volunteer?" And Mo does. It's like, "Okay, Mo, do you want me to just send you off with decency, or like cover you in dirt and roll you down the hill?" It's like, "I ah, roll me down the hill. I-, I-, I like to have some sort of human connection." <laughs> Great bit as well of a wig and just being a horrible police officer yeah. <laughs> when like um, they find that Mo didn't kidnap. Did, did, didn't kidnap Maggie and like well our part of the investigation ends here and Mary's just like you guys are the worst police officers in the world and Wiggins like well I'm off shooting so now I'm the worst uh, soccer coach in the world <laughs> walks off brilliant classic <laughs> Wiggum. of course I mean, you always love to see it and the mafia bit at the end is, is a wonderful it was it was a unique way I, like I didn't see the episode going there mm. you know what I mean the mafia finale again there's great mafia bits of like the head honcho like oh no first Fatoni spills wine on himself. He's like, oh, I, I should probably pop to the bathroom. I appear to have spilled wine on myself. What about you, boys? And they spill wine on themselves and, on, as well. Like, oh, yes. Like, like, in tandem. We must be excused for a moment. You know, obviously going to get their guns. And then, like, the head boss, like, just accidentally drops his fork. He's like, oh, I better go pick up my fork. Help me, boys. And they always have gigantic <laughs> machine guns. <laughs> and then when Moe's, like, going to go in because he's, like, he's going to save Maggie... And he, he, th- he thinks like Homer's holding him back. He's like, no, no, don't hold me back. And Homer's like, no, I'm not. Your circus got caught, caught in a tree. Here, go ahead. Like, pushes him in. <laughs> and then the finale is always lovely. Like, he says, it's actually really, really sweet. It's like, not joke heavy, but it's been like, you know, a few weeks ago, if, if these mob bosses had killed him, he would have been fine about it. But because of Maggie, he, he, he now has a reason to live, basically. It's a beautiful monologue, very well delivered by... Hank Azaria and I would say probably one of his best performances in The Simpsons definitely yeah, yeah. Definitely. and um, you know they, they let him go with Maggie and Homer and Marge say that you know clearly Maggie still wants to have him in his life and they'd be happy to still have him a great little sweet but funny finale of Homer being like but well, maybe you can stop by someday with it for a play date with you and your ham and we just get like a ooh you make me live just like, like Polaroids of Homer's just doing classic couple things with the ham. <laughs> with the ham. At first it's him and the ham and Mo and Maggie, which eventually turns into literally just being him and the ham. At one point they got mashing tattoos together. <laughs> it's so funny. And yeah, what you just said exactly, like it's a wonderful episode. It's sweet but also really funny. So it has that, that, that mix that I always love in The Simpsons when they do that. So yeah, 9 out of 10 for me as yeah, well. Brilliant. Brilliant finale to season 14 also. It's a great chosen to be the last episode, you know? But yeah, moving on to all but the first 10. So yeah, this is the segment where I do like a top 10, or sorry, top 3 episodes related to something, but it, it, it can only be episodes after the ten, the ten, the first 10 seasons. So this week I went for my top 3 marriage episodes, since this is a marriage heavy episode, obviously. So these are some of the other episodes from the later seasons that I think are worth your time that are marriage focused. So first I went to number 3, Danger on a Train. 
season 24. This is one where she meets a guy online. I can't remember exactly how, how, how it happens, but she, she meets a guy online. They have a really, a really good connection and similar to episode we just mentioned season one is kind of like considering having an affair with this person, basically. The way it's done is she doesn't look bad. You know, she thinks Homer's being neglectful, but he's actually doing something for her, but he's keeping it a secret. It's done very well. And the, the man she's talking to in the episode is voiced by Seth MacFarlane, who does a great nice. job. Yeah, does a great job in the episode. And you like him, too, because he's such a likable guy. And he's... So the Simpsons do like Seth MacFarlane. They do, no. <laughs> the, 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 Trey Parker and Matt Stone do not. We know that. But, no, the Simpsons do. Him and Matt Groening might be friends in real life, and they also work for the same yeah, studio, yeah. so... You know, they, they record in the same boots and stuff like that. Like, they, they are actually friends, but it's, it's just the digs are just because, you know, they can't. I mean, Ed Simpsons is a Met family guy yeah. in the show. The Simpsons guy, which I personally think is a great episode. Unpopular opinion. It made me smile. But, yeah, that, that, that's definitely a great episode. A great marriage episode. Number two, it's a mad, 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 mad marriage. Season 11. This is one where a woman moves in with the Simpsons. She's down on her luck. And at first... Marriage is very supportive of her, but then she starts to like theorize that maybe he's she's trying to kill marriage and take over as the new housewife, basically. And it's it's a it's a great character exploration of her. And obviously, when I say marriage episodes, I'm talking about ones like this episode where the family aren't involved. It's really just her alone on her own journey. You know what I mean? So this is a great example of that. And number one, I went for Die Try of a Mad Housewife. That's season fifteen. It's the one where she writes her own novel like a romance novel mm. and the character the lead character is like Ned he's like kind of falling for Ned in the episode because Homer's being neglectful if I remember correctly he becomes an ambulance driver in the, yeah he does he becomes an ambulance driver in the episode so he's like not not home as much and just the way we see her like kind of falling for Ned and this novel blows up where the character clearly isn't Homer and just how marriage like becomes very like neglectful of Homer because of like her little fantasy with Ned and the way that again I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not describing it well enough. They do in the way that you you, you see Marge's perspective. You don't yeah. think she's being an asshole. Like, you see why she feels this way, you know? So those are three solid episodes from later seasons that I think are worth your time, yeah. And jumping into the questions. So just two oh. questions again this week, yeah. So we have... First one is from Bart Art. Great little uh, fan page who only does Bart paintings that follows us on Instagram. Right. Yeah. Uh, he asked, great question, which show do you think comes closest to capturing the similar charm of The Simpsons? Oof. Hard question, right? That's yeah. a tough question. Really hard question. it literally is just the most charmful show. Yeah, like, there's shows that come close, but I, 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 any examples I'll give don't quite hit that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. The two that came to my mind for different reasons, I would say Family Guy. Family Guy is darker. But it has that charm of like it's about a family and yeah. has a good ensemble cast around the town. We're going for cartoons. It doesn't have to be. My second example, kind of a weird one, that I think comes close is Community, because Community is a twelves, so it, it's like it's adult humor, but it's not going there as hard and as dark as like you know a show like Family Guy or South Park would. Yeah. So that's why I think Community is up there as well, in my opinion. So I would say Family Guy and Community for two very different reasons. Well, I'll give you know. I'll also give a cartoon. Of course, a, yeah. A, um, SpongeBob. Okay, that's a good example. That, that yeah, I, I see show. why. All the locations are very familiar. Yeah, has a good ensemble. It's, it's so charming. Like. Mm. And and has that like even though Simpsons is twelves, uh, SpongeBob is probably G. 
but it still has some of those more like uh, something you can appreciate more as an adult, as an adult yeah, it's got yeah. For, for both totally um and then i'd probably say that 70s show that's a yeah i can yeah. only see why you'd say because, that yeah because again the the location the home it just brings so much comfort yeah good all ensemble the characters have their like very consistent quirks yeah that you just love and it's so charming that's true is there anything more relaxing than just like hanging out in the room yeah. that little room the garage below yeah. red and kitty's house like and yeah the camera panning when they're when they're smoking yeah. weed yeah it's just good chill vibes yeah that's what i'd go for those are two very good examples yeah, yeah. one just came into my head weird one but rograts is also one that yeah. would come close have you seen the new ones no Oh, good? God, no. Oh, I, I didn't think They've so. They've gone full 3D animation. It's I've seen strange. that, yeah. But I think it's fine, but my... I, I'm speaking someone who has not seen them, probably not as adult humour now, probably just for kids. Probably. Yeah, that sucks. Uh, Chucky is also the same person who voices Bart, is a fun fact. Interesting. You can kind of tell, it, it, it's like Bart, but more whiny. Yeah, it's got that you same, know? like, little throat thing. Yeah, high yeah, pitch, yeah. but he's, just, he's whinging a bit more. Yeah. You know, he's a bit more Jewish also. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, those would be the shows that come to my mind. Now, I've never seen Bob's Burgers. I feel like that's yeah, probably... I've watched the first two or three seasons. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, it's definitely get a show. Yeah. yeah, and also like the family dynamic. Probably King of the Hill also. Two shows I haven't seen that I feel like probably get close to it. Two shows I would love to see. American Dad also. American Dad's a bit more not as adult yeah. as Family Guy. It kind of has those family issues. But then it's like, you know, Roger. There's no Roger in The Simpsons. Yeah, yeah, I think those are all good examples. They all come close, but like you said, nothing is as charming and as like comforting for me anyway as yeah, The Simpsons. But those are all shows that come close. Final question: Keen Johnson, a great filmmaker from Cork. Thank you for the question. Uh, I don't know was this, was this question intentional? Probably not. He probably didn't know, but uh, coincidental. He has fa- favorite Krusty episode. Well, okay. yeah, yeah, coincidence, um, right? Oh, I think I know your answer. You probably you don't know. Maybe. Um, I would go for the I can't remember the episode name, but the where he goes like completely a wall and yeah. disappears. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. you said you love that episode. We yeah, did for Seb's classics. Yeah, Bart the Fink is that Bart one. Fink, yeah, yeah. yeah, brilliant episode. I, I was, I was mulling over it. I was saying like the one where he becomes a stand-up comedian is great. The the, the one where Sideshow Bob takes over television that has yeah. like a whole crusty thing going on as well that I liked. But I think if I had to give the ultimate crusty episode for me, it would be season four. Crossy gets cancelled. Oh yeah, fantastic! So good because you see a real human side in that one because he's down in his luck. Yeah. He's not like this big. That's a, a great shout. Yeah, he's not like this big successful TV host, and he has that wonderful finale at the end. And I think that episode also like solidifies Crossy as being this character because I think if if I'm correct, it's the first Crossy focused episode. No, it's not. It's 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 the one with his dad. But, yeah. but still, one of, one of the first Krusty Focus episodes, you have that great finale there where he gets the show back and you really feel for him just being so thrilled to be back on the air and stuff. Like, it's he's not being this flawed asshole. And he, still has, he still has that Krusty charm going on, but we see a, a more human side to him. I, I think he's great in this. And it's just a sweet, again, there's really comforting episodes. It's like always just good vibes. So, yeah. If I had to say one, Krusty gets cancelled for sure. Now, let's wrap it up with recommendation of the week. Yeah. Yeah, after you, because I, I I went last week. Oh, you want to do rock paper scissors? Yeah, okay, got rock tradition. Okay, sure. Rock. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Rock paper scissors. I got scissors. Never mind every then. Time. Every <laughs> time. So I have two. So I'll do mine first, and then you again. So I went. Through, both my things this week are both more kind of like self care related. Actually, I went for oh. something a bit less 
typical villain because I've been doing a bit more of that recently. I've been reading a self-help book at the moment, which is a great introduction for people who might be weary of stuff like that, like I am. It's because it's a bit more innocent, a bit more like leading you in gently. It's called Your Head is a Houseboat. It's a book made by this this YouTuber that I love named Shrutless. S-H-R-U-T-H-L-E-S-S. Great YouTuber. He does all these kind of like motivational videos and stuff. But he's also a brilliant cartoonist and animator and illustrator. And he combines all that into this book. So it's a self-help book with cartoons and comics and like things that make it fun and entertaining. But also like very philosophical. Mm. And basically in the whole book he's like using a metaphor that our heads are a houseboat. And if you live in a houseboat your whole life, you would obviously explore every room in that houseboat. So why are there rooms in our brains that we're ignoring? Yeah. So that's the basic setup. And it gives you these exercises to do. And they're not they're not like you you hear them and you think like, oh, that's gonna take me hours. It's not, they're actually very quick exercises. They only take like five minutes, but you, you five minutes you read over what you what you just wrote and it, it does open your eye to things that you never would have thought about yourself. And it's it's a really engaging, wonderful book, very well well written, philosophical and this is a good self-help book, yeah. Great. Yeah, highly recommend. What about you, Mishua? Um Oh, did you not have two? Oh, do you want me to do my second one first? Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah we'll get back to mine, um, yeah. I didn't have two, but sure. I'll, I'll, I think I've thought of a second one now. Yeah, go uh, for it. But the first one was um, a YouTube video. Okay. Um, the channel is called Aperture. Um, right. And do you want to give the spelling? Uh aperture like the, the cameras uh, oh, okay. a-p-e-r-t-u-r-e sure um this channel he basically makes uh sort of video essay type videos mm-hmm. about um a lot of it touches on the dystopian present we're sort of living in right without really knowing it yeah um and then and then talking about what could happen in the future because ah. of this that sort of thing right but a uh, video he released recently which i think is extremely important in the digital age we live in mm. uh, it's called overstimulation is ruining your life right um, and he's basically touching on the fact that we receive way too much information <laughs> yeah. like the phones the streaming everything it's way too much that our brains have evolved to handle uh-huh um and it's ruining people's lives because, say, you're a 16-year-old at school. Mm-hmm. You go. Some of these 16-year-olds will go home. They go on TikTok and they just receive this like ridiculous amount of information. Yeah, of course. They're watching just, TikTok for like three plus hours. That is just ruining the dopamine in their mm-hmm. brain, which mm-hmm. is why it's so important. And I, I do this every once in a while. Is, is I take a dopamine detox. Detox, yeah. And it's difficult. Mm-hmm. And then lots of the kids don't know what that is won't do it yeah but it's ruining lives because it fears them to be to be alone with your own thoughts is like yeah. a scary thing to them they won't allow it because you receive so much dopamine you're just rinsing all of it from your brain yeah and it's just getting harder and harder for people to experience that high i know of enjoying things mm. and man even doing comedy at the moment what i've seen so much recently is like you know i i, I see more comedians than i know now so i'll sit with them if I'm at a gig where I don't have to have a plus one, and so many will be on their phones with the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, it's you know, so sad. They won't it's even just so they won't sad. engage other comedians, and then they'll go up and they expect yeah. them to do the same thing for them. It's like it's it's, it's selfish, it's but it's just, also just sad. It's, it's the really same, sad. Same with the cinema, it's like when do we get to the point where oh my one gosh. of the greatest forms of media yeah. you can't enjoy because you have to go on your phone every people on their phones they're just talking over mm-hmm. it, or like you, you you can't engage with a film. We saw Creed, Creed three last week, which I also would really recommend. Um, great movie. 
the amount of people, if you're in an IMAX cinema, so it's more like modern audiences in there, like not proper movie buffs, people talking behind their phones, just yeah. no one could watch a freaking two hour, it's not even a long movie, it's they not, couldn't engage yeah. with a two hour good movie, you know, yeah. it's, it's so sad to see, and, yeah. And it wasn't really necessarily a film that you had to try to engage with, because it no, was very so, exciting. Yeah, and it's spoon features, like you, you, you need to follow it along or anything, yeah. like you, you can see what's happening very clearly. Yeah, so sad. Let's continue. Um, but this guy, he, he puts, he talks about what's going on currently and what will happen as a result of this and how it's ruining lives. And right. he, he puts it, he explains it far better than I could. Mm -hmm. but, and it's a brilliant video. So, overstimulating is ruining your life by the channel Aperture. Nice. So, you're in that video. And if you enjoy that video, I guess check out his other channel. Yeah, 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 yeah. Nice. Yeah. I would say the same for that guy, Shrewdless. Like, I recommend that book. Yeah. But if you like the book, check out his motivational videos on YouTube because they are some of them have been, have been honestly like very motivating and like have changed ways that I go about like writing or like you know putting myself out there and stuff like that. Um, yeah, all, all the rest of this week is more kind of like you know yeah make yeah. people think, try to be a better person, try and be a more fuller person. Yeah. You know, which is yeah, which is, which, is, which are great things to recommend. My final recommendation. Do you remember that Spanish special I spoke about a while ago? by Neil Brennan called Blocks where he like talks about the yeah. blocks he has in his life yeah. great special he's now done like I guess you would call like a spin-off to that special it's called The Blocks Podcast so basically every week it's him and a different comedian they, they talk about their blocks basically Okay. and you know because it's comedian sometimes it'll get kind of funny but it doesn't have to be funny and, 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 and they get quite deep and it's it's just a fascinating listen. Like, he had David Letterman on recently, who is, you know, probably one of the biggest comedians in the world, one of the most successful comedians in the world. And he talks about, like, the amount of insecurities he has. And it's just so, like, kind of... I honestly, in, in a weird way, I find it inspiring to see that even people at their peak are still not happy. Yeah. I know it sounds crazy to hear, but it's just good to know that that doesn't fulfill you. You know what I mean? You, you still have real-life human issues as a result of that. It's, it's fun to listen to as well because you listen to a lot of comedy podcasts where they're just being funny for the whole thing. And you're like, oh, these people have never felt sadness. So when you hear this podcast, it's like, oh, no, they do. They're, they're real people, well, it's, too. It's completely naive to think that of course because not. you've achieved something that other people enjoy that you're going to be happy with yourself. Because yeah. You, you and if to... you do think that, you will crash and burn eventually. Exactly, yeah. yeah. You don't deserve it, to be honest. So Yeah. yeah. You need to have that human realization of, like, this is not going to fulfill you 100%. Obviously, it's great to achieve, but it's, it's not course, everything. Yeah. It's not to be an end-all. And, yeah, they're, they're really... They're, they're inspiring, like, conversations that just, like, make you feel better about not feeling you know, whole and feeling better about your own insecurities and stuff like that. Because for me, there are people like, I, I find Neil Brennan to be a really inspiring comedy writer, a really funny guy. They just hear the issues that he has with just social interaction, you know, his own self-care, stuff like that. And like, it's just, it's, 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 that simple message of it's, it's okay not to be okay is just very live in the podcast. It's, it's one of the most sincere, honest podcasts i listened yeah, to in a great. very long time. You can tell they're not being fake on it because he's pushing the guests to that's not good. be fake and just say what their genuine insecurities are, you know. It's, it's a great listen, yeah. These are all, like, stuff that will get you in the deeper territories, I Definitely, feel, but it's yeah. worth your time, and they're all, like, kind of, I, I don't know about Aperture, but it sounds like it. They're all, like, kind of, you know, helpful ways to go into those areas without it being too much, you yeah, know. Yeah, I mean, yeah. He, it, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's all, like, again, it's just stuff about the current dystopian landscape we uh -huh. like, Here's another video. Dating apps are more dangerous than you think. Oh, I, 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 I'm sure that's true. Um, I'll check that one out. Everything we don't know. Make me feel better about not doing well on them. 
um, <laughs> the entire history of humanity in 10 minutes. So they vary. My next recommendation... Oh, was, yeah, another one, okay. I, well, I said I'd do two. Oh, sorry, right. Because um, I just saw a DVD over there. All right. Um, <laughs> I would, My next recommendation is the first thing I saw. <laughs> I would recommend the films of Akira Kurosawa. Because... Okay. I, I don't think I actually haven't seen any of them I must confess obviously his most popular film being Seven Samurai which yeah. people have probably heard of and Akira would be up there as well and Rashomon and basically his films mm. are um, usually all military slash martial arts samurai based yeah. uh-huh. um, set in historic Japan mm. um, made in the like 40s, 50s, 60s yeah um, what is so I mean, he's very important because people like the biggest one being Quentin Tarantino. Of course. Quentin Tarantino's career would not exist without Akira Kurosawa. No, and he's always said that Samurai is a huge inspiration Um, for him. And I think what the biggest thing to take from these films is you notice as, I mean, the the military scenes and all the fighting scenes are just brilliantly crafted and Mm. edited. It's amazing. Mm. So well directed. But it's always about the fundamental thing, which is the character. Right. You know, it's about the character's story and the people he meets and his relationships, not just focusing on these mad battles, which you can find with some older films. Is yeah, they often <laughs> haven't quite established the the characters and relationships. Yeah. Which are the most important things about film and why we love them, mm. even if we don't realize it. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is a, a great example of. Um, they keep Films about violence, but are about the character. Yeah, um, amazing. Akira Kurosawa. If anyone wants to, you know, sort of educate themselves on old films. Yeah, I definitely must. And I am a movie buff, and I definitely am embarrassed when I haven't seen any of his movies yet. I, I Akira was one I, I really want to see. I liked Living. I thought Living was pretty good, but Akira was obviously better. The the Bill Nye movie. Yeah. And yeah, what you just said is so so true. Like those movies with, with the big battles at the end. It's like. They, they might give you a little bit of time to care about the characters at the beginning. Like, Ben-Hur is a good example. Uh, the Stanley Kubrick film. Spartacus is another one. Yeah. But it's like, they give you time to care about the characters at the start. Then you get to the battle, and it's just all that's, that's it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the battle, it, it's all gone now. No more characters and stuff. They're just fighting for, you know, an hour or an hour and a half or whatever. And to me, that, does, that, that gets boring. A, a lot of old war films suffer that same problem, actually. Is you care about them at the start big battle sequence it's all over you know what I mean yeah and it's like if, if if you have to give me enough time to care about the characters or if, if you're not giving me cool character details and character moments within the battle I'm not going to care if, if it's watching people slashing swords or exactly, shooting each yeah. other it's like well my interest is gone now then you know it's all that glitters is not gold is a perfect saying for, for that like just because you're giving me a big glitzy gigantic battle sequence if there isn't these personal character moments within that I'm not going to give a shit you know so you're saying and I, I can't speak but I, I can't, can't speak for it but you're obviously saying that Akira Kurosawa does a great does a great job He's of a, keeping yeah, that alive definitely. yeah that's awesome he also has a method that I follow and like I think a lot of people follow that's very inspiring very simple and if, if someone of his success can do that then anyone can Is he wrote five pages a day right, that's all okay. he did five pages is not an intimidating number not you know what I mean yeah and he did, he did that and made some of the most iconic films of all time so you know Anyone, any aspiring writer, that's what you got to do. Five pages a day adds up pretty quickly. Mm. You know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah. A lot of fun recommendations this week. Challenge yourself and just know that it's okay not to be okay, which is a message that's always alive in The Simpsons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll leave you guys in there. Thank you as always for listening. Great pod. 
Great episode. Great listen. See you all soon. Ciao, ciao. Bye.